the teachings of Enoch. Enoch is a teacher, Moses 6, 51 through 68. Book of Moses, Insight, number 14. Enoch teaches the plan of salvation. In reviewing ancient and modern threads that highlight Enoch's roles as a missionary, prophet, and visionary, we must not overlook his effectiveness as a teacher. Among the most precious and significant insights he conveyed to the people is the sequence described in Moses 6, 60, whereby all people may be born again into the kingdom of heaven. Quote, For by the water ye keep the commandment, by the Spirit ye are justified, and by the blood ye are sanctified. End of quote. Hugh Nibley described Moses 6, 51-68 as an excerpt from the book of Adam. Genesis 5.1 mentions the book of the generations of Adam as a source document for the material recorded in that chapter. Moses 6.8 characterizes the book of the generations of Adam as a genealogy that was kept to the children of God. In other words, a record of those who had been born again into the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, verse 59, or those who had received the ordinances set forth for that purpose. Thus, Moses 6, 51-68 may have formed part of the Book of Remembrance mentioned in Moses 6, 46, a record similar in function to the Book of Remembrance written for those who had become the Lord's jewels or special possession, or rather his specially marked and or sealed possession mentioned in Malachi 3.16. Its function as a record of genealogy and ordinances may have been like the book containing the records of our dead, which shall be worthy of all acceptation, envisioned by Joseph Smith in Doctrine and Covenants 128.2, a verse which quotes Malachi 3.2 and 3. Note that the Holy Spirit of promise is the sealer and the record of heaven, as further described in Moses 6 below. The setting for Moses 6, 51 through 68 is a sermon by Enoch, a notation in the handwriting of John Whitmer on the OT1 manuscript above Moses 6:52b reads, The Plan of Salvation. The verses that follow were sometimes cited by early leaders of the church as evidence for the continuity of the plan of salvation from the time of Adam and Eve to our day. The meaning of the name Enoch. Significantly, Enoch, Enoch, or Anoch, Hebrew Anoch, sounds identical to the Hebrew passive participle of the verbal root HNK, train up, dedicate. Thus, for a Hebrew speaker, the name Hanoch, Enoch, would evoke trained up or initiated, bringing to mind not only the general role of a teacher, but also the idea of someone who is familiar with the temple and could train and initiate others as a hierophant. Before it became the name of the post-Mosaic Feast of Dedication, the Hebrew noun for Hanukkah had reference to the consecration or dedication of the temple altar, including the sacred dedication of the altar for Solomon's temple. Strengthening the connection of Enoch's name to the temple, we note that in Egyptian, the HNK verbal root this denotes to present someone with something, to offer something, or without a direct object, to make an offering. The Egyptian nouns HNK and HNKT denote offerings. In other words, it is a cultic term with reference to cultic offerings. Thus, when we read Moses 6.21, and Jared taught Enoch in all the ways of God, we should not take this as merely a general statement that Enoch knew something about religious matters, but specifically that he was familiar with temple rites and what we would today call the doctrine of Christ. This theme is reiterated in Moses 6, 57 and 58. Quote, Wherefore teach it unto your children, that all men everywhere must repent, 
or they can in no wise enter, inherit the kingdom of God. For no unclean thing can dwell there, or dwell in his presence. For in the language of Adam, man of holiness is his name. And the name of his only begotten is the Son of Man, even Jesus Christ, a righteous judge, who shall come in the meridian of time. Therefore I give you a commandment to teach these things freely unto your children. This gospel teaching is a key theme of Moses 6 and 7. Going further, a form of the verb HNK, nearly homonymous with Hanuk, Enoch, is the key term in Proverbs 22.6, train up, Anuk, a child in the way, in other words, the temple, the doctrine of Christ. He should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Indeed, Lehi appears to recite this very proverb when he says to the children of Laman and Lemuel, quote, But behold, my sons and my daughters, I cannot go down to my grave, save I shall leave a blessing upon you. For behold, I know that if ye are brought up, in other words, HNK in Hebrew, in the way, in other words, the doctrine of Christ, the temple, see 2 Ephi 31 and 32, you should go, ye will not depart from it, end of quote. Enoch initially describes himself as an uninitiated lad, lacking power of speech. Why is it that I have found favor in thy sight, and am but a lad, and all the people hate me, for I am slow of speech? Wherefore am I thy servant? David, early in his career, is similarly described as an elem, young man, youth, lad, in 1 Samuel 17.56. And Jonathan's servant is described synonymously as both a nar, young man, lad, and an elem in 1 Samuel 20.22. 20, One of the etymological associations suggested for elem is that it is related to the root of willem, unknowing, uninitiated. In Arabic, elem is the primary verb for to know. Alma the Elder, whose name derives from elem, is introduced into the Book of Mormon as a young man who believed the words of Abinadi, Mosiah 17.2 and then taught these words on his way to becoming founder of what became the Nephite Church and a religious movement. The aforementioned biographical description of Alma harks back to Nephi's autobiography. I, Nephi, NFR, or NFI, good, having been born of goodly parents, therefore I was taught somewhat in all the learning of my father, yea, having had a great knowledge of the goodness and the mysteries of God, I, Nephi, being exceedingly young, nevertheless being large in stature, and also having great desires to know of the mysteries of God, wherefore I did cry unto the Lord, and behold, he did visit me, and did soften my heart, that I did believe all the words which had been spoken by my father. Part of Enoch's transformation into the powerful speaker and teacher par excellence involved moving beyond one who had been taught in all the ways of God to one who taught all the ways of God, the doctrine of Christ, and walked with God, including walking in his ways. The theme of the doctrine of Christ brings us to the essential role of the saving ordinances, including not only baptism and the gift of the Holy Ghost, but also the essential ordinances of the temple. Hugh Nibley cited the Enoch scholar André Capot as saying that Enoch is, quote, in the center of a study of matters dealing with the initiation in the literature of Israel. Enoch is the great initiate, who becomes the great initiator. The Hebrew book of Enoch bore the title of Hekalot, referring to the various chambers or stages of initiation in the temple. 
Enoch, having reached the final stage, becomes the Metatron to initiate and guide others. I will not say but what Enoch had temples and officiated therein, said Brigham Young, but we have no account of it. Today we do have such accounts, end of quote by Hunibly. The Structure of Moses 6, 51-68 The scripture passage that summarizes Enoch's teaching is elegantly laid out. Verses 51 to 68 form a beautiful formal structure of several parts out, that is outlined in the provisional form in the appendix. The passage epitomizes the saving ordinances, highlighting the symbolism of water, the spirit, and the blood of Jesus Christ as the means of sanctification. After a summary description of God's culminating promise to the sanctified, Adam obediently hearkens to all these commandments and receives the blessings associated with that promise becoming a son of God. In verse 51, the father opens the passage by appealing to his role as the creator, a theme that is characteristic of the record of Enoch's ministry. Outside the chapters that describe creation itself, there appears no more significant clustering of verses in scripture referring to the specific theme of God as the author of all things than we have in Moses 6. Naturally, the theme of creation is foundational to the story of the fall and the atonement that will be summarized later in the passage. However, in addition, Benjamin McGuire observes that this verse serves, quote, as a motive clause of the sort we might anticipate from an Old Testament text. Since God has called man and the universe into being, man owes him obedience and is subject to his commandments, including the commandments to hearken, to believe, to repent, and be baptized that are outlined in verse 52 of chapter 6 of the book of Moses. The passage proper opens in verse 52. The verse is a first-hand statement from God the Father, wherein he, as the maker of the world and of men, summarizes the commandments underlying the plan of salvation one by one, namely to hearken, A, believe, B, repent, C, and be baptized, D. Then in verses 53 through 60, he motivates the first three commandments one by one in reverse order, in other words, D prime, C prime, then B prime, within what seems to be a succession of ladder-like rhetorical cascades that culminate in a promise of sanctification through the blood of his only begotten. Verse 61 is an explanation of that culminating promise. It must be understood that the sure knowledge provided by the, quote, record of heaven that is promised to Adam and Eve and their posterity in verse 61 is more than the prefatory witness that comes to those who have, quote, receive the Holy Ghost. Rather, as we describe in more detail elsewhere, this knowledge is associated with the sealing power. Verses 62 through 63 also seem to constitute an explanation, reiterating the central role of Jesus Christ in the plan of salvation, and testifying that all things bear record of him. Verses 64 and 65 recount how, in response to God's explanation of the plan of salvation, Adam hearkened, a prime, without hesitation to the voice of the Father, by obeying the commandments he had just been given, in other words, B, C, and D. Once having de demonstrated his faithfulness in all things, Adam also received the promised record of heaven described in verse 66, more specifically as the record of the Father and the Son, that declared his election sure through a voice out of heaven. Having had all these things confirmed unto him by an holy ordinance, Adam had been born again into the kingdom of heaven, of water and of the Spirit, and cleansed by blood, thus having become a son of God in the full sense of the term. In subsequent insights, 
We will discuss the title Son of Man in the Bible and in First Enoch's Book of Parables. Then we will explore the signification of the Father's succinct description of the plan of salvation in Moses 660 as taught by Enoch, whose name, both in ancient and modern times, is invariably associated with the earthly and heavenly temple. For by water ye keep the commandment, by the Spirit ye are justified, and by the blood ye are sanctified.